Hi, my name's Sam Adams and thank you for listening to my podcast. It starts with you. This podcast is about mindset. It's about personal development and ultimately that we are 100% responsible for pretty much everything in our lives. And nothing happens until we decide, we choose and we make a decision and pull the trigger to get things started. Look, when I listen to that and I think about that, it starts with you. It can seem a bit harsh, especially in hard times when it can be quite daunting and overwhelming to think that we are 100% responsible. But it's a good thing. It empowers us and it puts us in control. And part of the idea of this podcast is to help you with that. In this podcast, I'll interview some great human beings, business owners from all walks of life who will share their stories and their journeys and what It All Starts With You means to them. I'm recording um, an episode today with a lady that I've come to know a couple of years ago, I think, and I'm super excited to have her on the podcast. Um... But what normally what I do and what I've started to do is to ask people to introduce themselves. So is that okay? Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> Far away. Hey everyone, <laughs> I'm Helen Packham. I am a speaker and storytelling coach based in Brighton. And in a nutshell, I help people to communicate more effectively, uh, particularly entrepreneurs. I help them to increase their impact, authority and reach using the power of storytelling to become sought after speakers. Wow. Amazing. And I know that, of course, because <laughs> I've had the benefit of some of your amazing teaching and coaching, and uh, I can certainly vouch for it that it's amazing. But you haven't always done that, right? No. Yeah. You haven't always done that. Um, no. Uh, before I get into some of what you did before, what you're doing now, I kind of wanted to ask you, I- I've called the podcast It Starts With You, um, because you know that, that means, for me personally, that's about people owning their shit, really. It's about taking 100% responsibility for our choices and our decisions. And actually, whilst that might frighten some people, that's actually a good thing um, because it empowers us and it puts us in control of our lives and our, our happiness. Mm. So when I say to you, and when you hear the name, I guess it starts with you for the podcast, what does that bring up for you? Does that bring up similar things for you? Or mm. does that, does that you not agree with that? No, I really do because it was when I made that but when I became aware of that and made a decision to tap into that and to follow that, mm. my whole life changed. Right. Okay. Mm. So you've got, you've got some good stuff to oh. talk about, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which I want to kind of dig into um, a little bit because you, you've obviously not always been working for yourself. You come from a, I don't know too much about your corporate background, so maybe it uh, might be quite good for us to hear a little bit about your corporate bra- mm. background, that journey, and what led you to a couple of things, to where you are now, mm. but I know it sort of had some impact on your delivery of your TEDx, I think, or maybe yeah. that was, you know, all around that time, yeah. I think, so uh, corporate, yeah. what happened? <laughs> so I always wanted to be an actress, oh, really? I was dead set on being an actress, mm. and the reason why is because I was a really shy child, I, I, got, I went red all the time when people... Uh, looked at me or right. even spoke to me and I was very awkward and I was really conscious of the way I looked. I was a real ugly duckling. <laughs> <laughs> I find that hard to believe. But... I know, I really was. Right, I looked, okay. um, uh, you know, um, what's his name? Uh, no no offence against him, but I did look like James Corden. As a <laughs> and uh, as a girl, you know, yeah. you know yeah. it wasn't great. And so when, uh, what I discovered was through things like drama at school, I actually didn't feel embarrassed when okay. I was playing those roles. I felt confident because mm. I could be someone else. Yeah, and absolutely. so I had my heart set on, on doing that. Um, I was going to go to university, but I took a year out. And in that year, I got a job at Virgin Atlantic. Mm. And this was the first time I'd ever experienced working for a, an organisation. And it was the best first organisation because it's so forward thinking. Yeah. Richard Branson was so forward thinking. He was brilliant. He was very connected to employees. We all went to his house. We went to parties. Wow. I had breakfast with him loads of times. Wow. He was very, very connected. He when was, was that then? What sort of... I was like was, 18. Yeah. Right? So it was like 1998. Right, and Virgin, when was Virgin? Ten, set Virgin up? was like 10 years old. By right, that time. okay. Yeah, so the, the airline. Yeah. Um, 
so it was it was big, it was in big offices, but he was very connected. And what he had introduced at that time was a coaching department, a specific coaching and training department. Right. And I saw what these coaches were doing every month and I was like, I want to do that. Ah. So I set my sights on that, I got the job and I fell into learning and development. So I was coaching people within the call centre on their calls, um, increasing their customer service. And then I started to train people, new people that came in. Yeah. And what I realised was, hang on a minute, I've got this same level of confidence when I'm standing up in front of a room full of people training them that I do when I'm acting and I don't feel self-conscious or nervous as, as much as I, as I do in everyday life. Right. And so I set my sights on that and I figured that this was a better way of standing up in front of a room full of people and entertaining them in some kind of way rather yeah. than acting. Um, so that was the start of my career. And I moved to Brighton. Uh, September the 11th happened. Um, I got the coaching department got oh, dissipated. Okay. Um, obviously, it was hit very, very hard. I moved to Brighton and I got a job. It was quite a stretch for me as a coach in a call centre um, right. uh, called Inkfish. And I was responsible for all of the training and all of the coaching for mm. the people within like 300, 300 people within the call centre. And I learned a lot in that role. Yeah. Um, I learned, you know, the, the nuts and bolts of training delivery and I got my qualifications. I became an NLP practitioner. Okay. Um, and in that time, I, I specialised in, in leadership development. I went to leadership development. Um, psychometric uh, testing and personality testing. Oh, okay. Um, and I climbed that ladder and I moved to a different company and I was working with more and more senior leaders, um, coaching the executive teams on um, team dynamics, presentation. This is where I picked up the storytelling right, uh, tool okay. because what I realised is a lot of introverted leaders didn't like presenting no. to people <laughs> and they had those. to do it. <laughs> yeah. um, so I picked up the fact that storytelling was a very good tool to help them because it, it really enabled them to not even think about anything and just mm. tell a story and engage their people. Yeah. So more and more people were coming to me to asking me to help them with presentation and communication and, and influencing and assertiveness and all of that. Mm. Got pregnant, skipped off onto maternity leave. Bye, everybody! Yeah. And then completely lost the plot. <laughs> <coughs> Kids had... Um, I obviously had my kids three years apart, but in that time they, they both had health issues, they didn't right. sleep. It was very hard, it was, an, it was a hard impact. I didn't know how, to, I didn't find it a natural process. No. Got uh, diagnosed with anxiety disorder, Gosh. came back into the workplace and just felt like a fraud. Did you not go back to work between the children then? Was yeah, I did. It, you, you say had yeah, a period I did. back in so, it. So um, after my first child, my daughter, I took a year out, came back in, um, sat in the boardrooms with these very important mm. people thinking, what the hell, I'm just not meant to be here. Did you have, I feel like I, the question I'm going to ask is around guilt because I've, um, I've coached a couple of people and one of my clients has terrible guilt about pursuing her career and going for her goals because of her children. Did you feel like that or was it a com more a confidence thing? I didn't actually feel yeah. like that because I was part-time. Right. Um, but what it was, I had no confidence. I thought my, my skills are gone. Yeah. I wasn't able to stand up or hold a room. I wasn't able to facilitate executive directors. Mm. I was a mum with like, you know, just looking like I'd been dragged to the head backwards, like no sleep. Was it like, oh, I'm just a mum kind of feeling or was it just a... It's just like, I've lost it all. I ah. cannot do this anymore. I'm no good. And it showed in my behaviour. Yeah. It showed in my performance. Right. So the worst sort of moment was sitting in a canteen with my boss and that she did a performance review in the canteen. Which wasn't the best place to do. No, it. probably not. Like literally, it was just really bad. Yeah, and I had a massive panic attack and I just ran out. Wow. And it was running out and crouching in a phone box and crying. I was like, "What am I doing? I've got. To, I'm just not good at this anymore. I've got to go." So I left. Okay. And I ran away from it all, and I hid because I thought I wasn't good at it. I couldn't do it. That was my career down the pan. Yeah. Um, staying at home, not seeing anybody, <coughs> not socialising, not doing anything, no hobbies, no interests, nothing. Mm. Just because I was so scared, I was so anxious um, that I needed to be safe. And what I did do is I did start a business that meant that I didn't really have to speak to anybody and I could stay yeah. at home. Um, and it was a completely different business. And of course, it just didn't do well because it wasn't in an area that I had expertise in. Right, okay. So it wasn't until my second child was born um, and things got much worse. It exactly. So com yeah, it compounded. It, my yeah. marriage fell apart um, and literally one day I was faced with 
like you've got to face this. Mm. It was it was a you know I remember a do or die clearly. kind of situation. It really yeah. was like you know I wasn't I wasn't happy. Nobody was happy, and, mm. it, and it just wasn't wasn't working. So I had made the decision. I either continue just push this all down and numb it out, or I let it all out and deal with it. And I did. Yeah. We went through marriage counselling. I went through my own counselling. Um, I got massively into personal development. My personal yeah. development. Um, on that journey, I realised it hadn't left me at all. Right. So the confidence I thought I'd lost was still in there. I just needed to like unlock it again. Okay. So I started like making big plans. I launched this business. It was in a little bit of a different iteration at that time. Yeah. Um, it was mainly sort of focusing around leadership and business. Yeah. Um, but I launched this new business um, and put myself out there. Started doing video, and then <clears throat> I thought. I hadn't stood up in front of a room full of people in years. Right. I thought, well, I've got, to, I've got to do that. Facing it, isn't it? What's the biggest way I can do that? I'm going to do a TED talk. <laughs> so put that on Start my vision small. board. Let's do one of the biggest TED talks in the country. <laughs> put that on my vision board. Eight months later, I'm standing Brilliant. at the Brighton Dome in front of 1,500 people. And that was the first time I'd wow. stood up in front of a room full of people in like four years. Wow. And... It was incredible and it was a life-changing moment and I proved to myself that I could do anything that I put my mind to and that it never left me. So I really wanted to capitalise on that after that. Lots of people came to me and said, because I only had 24 hours to prepare that talk. Right, wow. And people, (laughs) I'm trying to prepare mine and I've like had a year. (laughs) People were coming up to me and saying, "Um, how did you manage to do that? And obviously I put drawn on all of my skills of presentation and training and yeah. delivery and, and speaking and like storytelling. And I pulled on all of that, just like mm-hmm. that. But it's, maybe that was a good thing, you know, that you had that short length of time yes. to pull it together. I mean, imagine if he had oh, yeah. like a year, I like, so you know, nervous, but it was a good thing. It yeah, was exactly. a good, I mean, obviously it wasn't, a, it wasn't, you know, I look back at it now and I think, gosh, I've come so far since mm. then. Um, I was very, very nervous and I stumbled, and, but, but I did it. And no, I was, there's no perfect, there's no. no perfect talk. And it was sharing my story, it was mm. sharing my journey. So after that I launched my first speaker programme, that yeah. went really well and then I started to realise that actually this is what people needed and this is what I was great at. Yeah. So because courage was my new driver, like if, if it scared me I'm going to do it. Really? So I was like right, what, what can I do next? I know, I'll put on an annual conference in Brighton. <laughs> You so, don't like to go small, do you? It's like, <laughs> so that's what I my own conference, and let's just go in and go out. Go hard or go yeah, home. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> so I was put that together, and that went really, really well, and um, did another one. And, and really, I guess it was probably like maybe a year ago, I decided to really own the niche of storytelling and speaking. Mm. I, hadn't, I hadn't really niched down fully by then, which mm. it, I know is a difficult thing in business. It's, it's difficult to pin your hat on something. Yeah. And a lot of people struggle with that. But doing that was the best thing that I did. Yeah, it takes just, time, doesn't it, for it to evolve and for you to... It's like with me, with my business, and you know what I'm trying to do. And it sort of... It just evolves as you go through this process. And, you know, you start off far and wide, and you eventually think, ah, oh, no, 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 this feels good, this feels comfortable, this is my audience, this is my people. Yeah. And you kind of get to where you need to be, I think. It just, it's exactly. just that process of time and exactly developing yourself so now I, I do corporate work so I'm, I'm back standing up in a classroom and I go in and I, I deliver things around verbal communication so I'm doing influencing skills and assertiveness and yeah. um, storytelling and I'm really loving going back into organizations and coming back out again I don't right. think, I don't think I could ever be in there permanently again but I really enjoy doing that work speaking gigs um, and my online courses and um, and live events mm. and yeah, very grateful and feeling, you know, just absolutely love working with people, finding out their stories, yeah. pulling out their stories. Well, I mean, you've got a skill for it and I'm not trying to blow smoke up your ass. <laughs> Sorry, but I, you know, I swear and it comes out how it comes out. Um, but I think, you know, because we've done a little bit of work together, which I would highly recommend to anybody. And again, I'm not just blowing smoke. I think it was such value for money the, the the course that I did with you um, because it just pulled I, like I know there's loads of stuff within me but I feel like I don't have the ability to pull it out and I'm sure lots of people feel like that oh, they do. but you the way that you helped me and you know talked me through that process it just benefited me so much um, and I know there's much more to do but I think that short space of time and that short course 
your ability to do that was, um, you know, just amazing. And it, it really, you know, so you've really, really got a skill. So I think, you know, you're doing the right thing. <laughs> I think when I, when people come to me and they say, I've got a story, I want to be a speaker, I want to share, I've got lots of stuff, I've got lots of ideas, I've got yeah. lots of things to share. It's a jumble in their head. And, and the thing that, you know, it's the story and the message, the core yeah. message, getting that core message really, really clear. Yeah. Because if you've got a core message, you know what your talk's going to be about, you know what your outcome's going to be, and you know how to pitch it to an organiser. Yeah. If you don't have that clarity, so that's what I love, like helping people to define, it's like a golden thread through yeah. the talk, and how is it going to go left, that's the other thing. So people come up with messages and they can be quite generic because mm. they don't know how, how to apply their own uniqueness yeah. to it. And I love it, discussing that with someone. So yours was amazing <laughs> um, in particular because you had it all there. Yeah. And But we weren't sure how to make it go left. And I'll just explain that people don't know what that means. Yeah, the go left thing yeah. uh, for people that don't know. Yeah, do explain that because yeah. that's really stuck with me. That mm. has when you keep saying that, go left, go left. Yeah. yeah. So I watched a film called Lucky Number Seven a few years ago. And in that film, they talk about a, a, mister, a, 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 a term of misdirection. Bruce Willis talks about it. It's called mm. this Kansas City Shuffle. And he says, you go left where everybody else is going right. Yeah. So as a speaker in, a, in an industry, in your industry, what's everybody else saying that you aren't? What are you saying that's different? What mm. are you um, courageous to say that other people aren't? What are you saying that's going against the grain or it's a, it's a really relevant topic or it's a new twist or an existing idea? That's the type of message. Yeah. Particularly for TED, you know, um, absolutely, it yeah. needs to be an idea worth spreading. Um, and a lot of the time, people they don't know how they don't know how to put their own unique stamp on that message. Yeah. It's it's generic when they when they come to me, but we really help sort of make it unique so yeah. it stands out to the curators and the organisers. Absolutely, I think there's a lot of people that um, out there that want to speak um, and feel like they've got something to say. Like me, I love the sound of my own voice. Podcast, <laughs> uh, and I do want to speak, and I want, but I wasn't necessarily thinking. I wasn't thinking. Look, though I'm a coach, and I always so when I coach clients, I have outcome thinking, and I try and get them to have up this. What is the outcome, and that's where we work from. But when I'm thinking about it from a talking point of view, I wasn't thinking what what's the outcome of this? What do I want the audience to get from this? It was just like, well, this is what I've got to say. This is kind of like my message, but I wasn't thinking it through properly about the outcome to the audience. What do I want them to feel and think and take away? Yeah, I can do that in my coaching, but I couldn't do that when I was thinking about speaking. And you really kind of brought that to the fore with your, your trainings and the go left thing. Like I say, I just think, I think that can be applied to lots of things. Like even with my coaching, I've thought about that. It's mm -hmm. like, because there's a lot of coaches, there's a lot of everything, let's be honest, in this yeah. world. That, you know, there's no unique ideas, really. Mm -hmm. The only thing unique is us as an individual. Mm -hmm. So you have to think from that point of view what's left about me, you know, what's different about me, what's disruptive about me, and kind of focus in on that. So that will always remind me of you, oh, the go left. Yeah, <laughs> good, good. So, excuse me, with this horrible throat. Um, I mean, so now, did you, I think one of the things I was going to ask you is, obviously you were in this corporate world. Did you ever see yourself sort of going, going it alone? Was it a big shock? Was it, did you feel like it was the only route you could take? Because there's a lot of people that, you know, certainly some of the people I coach have got a, a job. They, they have an idea, they have a vision of having their own business, being entrepreneurial. But that leap is just too big and too scary. Mm. Um, and maybe you were forced to do that. I kind of, I, I kind of gave myself no other option. Because right. I, I just thought, ties, yeah. I just thought I am not good at it anymore. And I'm an embarrassment. Wow, right. And so I, was I felt shame. Yeah. And so, you know, I had a really good salary. I had a lovely BMW, had all of the perks. So when I actually told my husband that, not <laughs> <laughs> too impressed that I was then? going, you no. know, obviously he was, he, was, he was concerned. Yeah. But I could not see any other option. And once I get an idea in my head, I'm, a, I'm like a dog with a bone. Right, okay. <laughs> I think you're like that too. <laughs> you just got to go for it, have you? Just go just, honestly, I am like, I'm tenacious. Yeah. And I will not, like, I would just do it and nobody can, nobody can persuade me otherwise. Yeah. And, and so that was, that was it. And I, I guess I was moving, I was running away. I was running away. Right. And when I think back to it now, it was the best thing I ever did. But, you know, it's, it's a tricky thing taking the leap. Yeah, there's is. a lot to keep you safe. There's a lot to keep you in it. But all I can say is I've never felt more fulfilled well. 
I've never felt um, more, you know, jumping out of bed in the morning because I love what I do. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, when somebody else was telling me what to do and I couldn't express my, my ideas or my creativity or, mm. I, you know, or have autonomy or all of those things, then I did feel suppressed and I did feel unhappy and yeah. unfulfilled. So, you know, I think it, it does take a certain mindset to do it. Yeah, sure. But any, you can develop that mindset. Grow as you go, I say. Grow as you go. I like that. I always say that. Always say that. You've got to have, like, I think the thing that there was a study done around it, and it's the tenacity element to it is is key. To have that as a trait. Yeah. To be tenacious and just go for it and not not give up. Yeah, I think think we've had a conversation thinking about this now, haven't we? Talking about that and just keeping going because... You know, obviously, you know, like when I talk about myself, I'm, I'm, I left school with very little education, pretty much only just had maths. And um, and I had lots of different jobs. I was good at sales because I like to talk, so that makes sense. But um, eventually, I just, I wanted more. I wanted more freedom um, and the ability to earn what I wanted to earn. And um, I think the only thing, I've worked for myself now for 20 years. Okay. So this is my 20th year. And I think it's just that you just have to have that, I'm not quitting, I'm not quitting, and just keeping going and pulling yourself up again and pulling yourself up again. The old, is it a Chinese proverb or fall down seven, get up eight? Winston Churchill quote. Is it? Is that Winston Churchill? Well, I think that's, yeah. I always think of the dog quote when I think of Winston Churchill. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't have to stop and pat every barking dog or something, he says, or... Yeah. We won't talk about it. Is it the, <laughs> but it's, it's true, and actually it's really interesting. It's going to be a bit of a vulnerable share here. So yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's um, do it. It's what I want on the podcast. So in business, I've always been, I have always been like that. You know, even mm. when it was the decision to go, yeah. I, I just you know, went for it, and mm. I didn't give up on, you know, on, on going. No. Um, and in the first business, I didn't give up until I realised it just wasn't aligned. Yeah. So then I, I course corrected. I'm single. Yeah. And I'm in the dating. Ah, uh, yeah. Right. And it's tough out there, right? <laughs> and the thing about online dating now and things like that is it's 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 kind of a bit like business. Right. You get knockbacks. Yeah. Particularly particularly now, people ghost. People stop talking to you. What does ghost mean? Oh, you not know? No, I don't do online dating. My sister does, so she probably knows what it is. It's basically where you might be having a conversation. You may even have an established relationship with someone yeah. and then they go, completely go cold on you. Oh, okay, ghosting. That's ghosting. Yeah. Okay. And well, that happens a lot. Does it? Now, okay. I, I understand it more now. Brutal. When I, it's, it is. It is. But it's, it's just the way it is, right? Right. Okay. So, it, you know, if you, if you are really emotionally invested in it all, it can feel like rejection. You're sure. And when you get that a lot, you feel like there's something... Yeah. with you and so you have to you might be like ah oh, give up yeah. but actually you can't because it's 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 just the same as business yeah absolutely yeah just keep going yeah and um that's just just something that i was thinking about there because i think a lot of people do give up yeah with business they do give up with things like online dating it's too hard it's too hard and it could have been that next date that could have been the one could have been someone that that was really special yeah absolutely so um i have i've got to give shout out to benjamin daly i know that you might know him i know that name he's a dating coach I've read his book recently, Appley Ever After. So oh, he's okay. given me a completely new perspective. So has that made, made you more determined to keep going with it? Oh, yeah. Totally. Oh, cool. It's like, it's not like I'm, I'm not going to give up. It's like, it's just a process. Yeah. You know, don't take it personally. Like no. business, don't take it personally. But knockbacks and setbacks are really hard. And, and, you know, in business and in life, you know, we're all going to experience them. It's, and, you know, talking about being, you know, your own boss or entrepreneurial, that's what you've got to have that ability to bounce back. Totally. You know, your bounce back ability is so crucial when going it alone and obviously using the dating uh, analogy as well. That, that is really, really good. And I think when I first was in business, my first ever business was a network marketing business. And I was really good at it. That was my first experience of training people, managing people, okay. motivating people. And that's when I really first got into personal development. And I always I started listening to Jim Rohn, you know, mm-hmm. Jim, all of his yep. material and things like that. And I always remember him saying, you know, and listening to his tape recordings, I think they were back then. <laughs> Not even CDs, I don't think. No, I think they were CDs. Anyway, um, and talking about, you know, 
I, there's a drawing now, isn't it, where the, there's two people drilling down, and the, and the, obviously the pot of gold is at the end of, of the the, yeah. the hole, and you can see it on the picture. They can't see it, and one gets to here, and he's literally that far away, and gives up, and ah. goes back up, and starts drilling down another oh. hole. Whereas the guy over here just keeps drilling down to Love this hole, and that. eventually gets to the pot of gold. And and that's the kind of message that Jim Rohn. I first remember hearing from Jim Rohn, and that's always stuck with me about keeping going because you are literally at the brow of the hill and you just don't know how many more little steps you've got to take and then you're just going to be around that corner and you're going to fly down that hill. It's so and true. It, yeah. And also an opportunities. If you seek opportunities, mm. if you are tuned into positive outcomes, you're scientifically wired Ooh. to seek those opportunities out. Yeah. If I hadn't yeah. have put a TED on my vision board, I wouldn't be seeking out. It's the reticular activating system mm. We're scientifically like hired, hardwired to, to, to do that. When you buy yeah. a new car, you see that new car on the road everywhere. Absolutely. You didn't see it before. So if you're tuning into positive goals and outcomes, they will happen. Yeah, absolutely. I, I never really kind of understood it. A lot of people talk about law of attraction and it, it being that. It's a, it's a yeah. A similar thing. Um, and I never really labelled it like that. But certainly since my very early days in business, I've used all of that vision stuff and I've stuck things on the fridge I didn't have obviously a phone back then, but like now, I'll show you when we finish. My screensaver is me at TEDx in Brilliant. Brighton because I want to do TEDx Brighton. Brilliant, Brilliant. love, love, love that. And that's been on there since we did the, the course actually. Um, yeah, Excellent. bringing those things to you. Like I want a house by the sea. There's a picture of a house by the sea um, uh, next to my bed. And, uh, and I've done some work around trying to bring that to the fore. Of course, you can't just, I don't believe you can't, yeah, you, you can't just you go, can't oh, I want a house by the sea and put a picture on my fridge and it's going to happen. No, I don't believe in that. But um, I do believe there is something in what you're saying and about having these, um, these, I don't know what you call them, because obviously some of it is about vision boarding and having those it's things around you and keeping it at the forefront of your yes. mind. Like my goals and my objectives I write in my diary every night and I write them in my journal every morning Brilliant. and I have images on my phone, my passcodes are all the names of the things that I want, all the numbers Excellent. of income I want, all of that because I think you're right, it just brings it to the fore and it, you're reminding yourself constantly day in, day out, this is what I want, this is what I want, bring it to me, bring it to you and you're more inclined to go and do the correct I'll actions to make it happen. Yeah, it's same thing with my radio show, mm. you know, I set the intention, so my, I was doing guesting at BBT Sussex. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, every month I'd go in and I'd be a guest on the mm. lunchtime show. And my dad, my dad was, you know, not many people listened, but, but my dad listened and my oh, stepmom listened. And he said, you've got, you've got something there, Helen. You should pursue it. Great. And I never really thought about it until he died. Mm. And then I was like, right, I'm going to do something about mm. that. So I set a conscious, conscious decision to do something. Yeah sort out how am I going to do this I'm not it's not just going to fall in my lap I did loads of research I spoke to people I went on a training course and then because of that and because I put myself in front of loads of people mm. the opportunity presented right. itself so we need to touch on the radio because that was one of my questions but you've brought it up nicely so because you now have a radio show Yay! so skipping on through all the corporate and setting up your business and your company you've now got um a radio show which is on the local brighton radio station which is radio reverb that's right um so tell us a little bit about that yes yeah, obviously so, we now know how it came about yeah <laughs> um also um so one of my uh, she's a previous client she's a friend uh, lisa moore um war is uh, hooked up with the athena network she runs the athena yeah. network and um, the lady that was previously hosting the business show, um, she took over from her. Hmm. So it kind of the opportunity came in from sort of two angles. Yeah. Um, I was already connected with Radio Reverb because of the training and stuff like oh, that. Oh, you did your training with them? I did my training you? with oh, okay, them. Okay, right, yeah. Um, and, uh, and yeah, the opportunity presented itself. I said yes without thinking about it at all. Hmm. Um, <laughs> no idea how to, I mean, I went on the training, but literally it was a group training. It was like a six hour workshop. and. I mean, that was it. That was that was my training. That was your training. Yeah. So was the concept, did they say, well, this is the concept of the show and you've kind of got to stick to it or was there any... There's flexibility it's, with yeah. it. Oh, okay. Um, we can make it what we want to make it and we've got we've got big plans for it. So um, what's, what, what is it now? What do you hope it to become? So we really want it to put, you know, businesses on the map, but we want people to really find it useful in terms of the topics that aren't necessarily normally discussed on business shows. Right, yeah. So the sorts of things that really, uh, you know, affect 
business leaders, entrepreneurs, mm. anybody that runs a business or leads a business. Um, but we also want to put Brighton businesses on the map as There's well. There's some great Brighton businesses, isn't Fantastic. there? Fantastic. We're very lucky in this area, yeah. I think. As well as talking with Lisa, so every month now, rather than just interviewing people, we, we are having a discussion around a hot topic uh, yeah. that we're talking about. That It was visibility this month, and um, if you run an online business, how important that is. So we're, we're talking about current things. Um, we want to get sponsorship for the show, yeah. um, and we want to massively increase the listenership and reach and all of that sort of stuff. But essentially, it is a show about business, yeah. all the nuances that come with that, all the challenges. Um, showcasing businesses, how they their stories, um, how they've got to where they've got to, yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I absolutely <laughs> love it. I'm still learning, you know, how to actually do it, you know. But it's you getting, did well when I was in there the other day. You look like a professional. It's getting better every time, and yeah, editing it and yeah. all of that sort of stuff is getting easier. And I just love it. It's like one of my favourite things to do. Yeah, and I just really, really, really love it. So. That's amazing. No, I, I enjoyed it when I came on. I thought it was great. I thought you handled it all very well. Oh, thanks. What, what, <laughs> <laughs> <What>, so, <coughs> obviously, excuse me, now you've had some challenges over the, the years. What would you say um, your biggest challenges have been um, and, and your biggest learnings, I guess, your lessons from, from, from those? Mm. So going back to the, the name of this podcast, I mm. think, um, the, break, the breakdown of my marriage yeah. was probably the, the hardest thing because I had it's no blame on you know my ex-husband we've got a very good relationship and, sure. we, and we raise our children and, and it's all great but I lost myself yeah and, and that happens to a lot of people I lost myself because I had kids and then my identity completely shifted I also lost any sense of uh, who I was what my hobbies were what my likes and interests were mm. So going on that journey to discover that, and then when, when the marriage finally broke down, I kind of said it was a mission to honour that, to find out really who I was. Okay. And this is like a year and a half ago now. Um, and yeah, as a person, um, and, I, and I've done that. And I, I'd say that it was, obviously it was very hard um, because you've really got to kind of face what person you were and yeah. what you were denying and what you were shutting out or um do you think you, you hate to cut in sorry do you think was there any kind of like you were pre pretending to be somebody you were before to who you are now because I know you said you talk about loss but you had to find yourself was that find yourself again do you think no it was really find out who I am right because I think from a child you know I put on this armour yeah. Um, because I was so shy and went red really easily. Mm. So I performed as someone else. Yeah. When I stood up in front of a room full of people, I performed. When I trained them, I was someone else. I wasn't me. Yeah. And I needed to find out who I was. Right. So I always thought I was reconnecting with who I was, but I've discovered so yeah. much about myself right. <laughs> in the last year and a half. Right. Um, and it's been incredible. Yeah. Um, losing my dad last year was incredibly hard. I hadn't experienced grief like that before yeah. um, and learning to move through that um, and how to deal with that has been a huge lesson for me yeah. um, as well as having I've had some, my own health scares and things like that right. in the last year too and my mum has cancer and going through the, all those things at the same time um, I did I did suffer from depression after I lost my dad I didn't yeah. realize that's what it was because I hadn't actually suffered from depression before right I'd had anxiety um, understanding what that was, just listening, tuning in, accepting it, yeah. letting it out, like being kind, like yeah. really developing a kind relationship with myself. And I have to thank Katie Phillips. I worked with Katie Phillips. Right. Uh, she's a self-love coach and she really, oh, okay. really... Is she, she local to Brighton? Uh, yeah, she's oh, okay. Tea. Yeah, right. she really helped me to... I never had a relationship with myself. Mm. I never like. I never was very kind, or was like give yeah. myself what I need. Yeah. And now I do. Like booking that trip to Morocco that we were talking about. That was that was like yeah. oh, that's what I need. Yeah. And I honoured that. That's for another podcast. <laughs> but that just on that trip to Morocco, and it's not relevant to our to my podcast. But I have a friend who's got a called a soul. I think it's the Soulful Travel Show. Karen Mikas, I don't okay. know if you know her, but it's all about um, travel for women, solo travel for women. Oh, great. But it's called Soulful, as in S-O-U-L, Soul, for the soul. And I did say to her, she should connect with you because you'd obviously gone off and done this yes. trip literally with 13 strangers, yes. I think it was, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, um, yeah. And I've certainly, you know, I don't know you terribly well, 
but certainly I've followed you for quite a long time and seen, seen you on social media and I've noticed your character grow and change and certainly a significant and I guess that's maybe why I was more drawn to you and came to you about the the speaker coaching because your character you sort of like it's like you blossomed and I'm like oh, that's not the Helen I and seeing some of your photos on Instagram and things like that I'm just thinking wow Helen's really changed and you know so it's like you've well I don't know if blossom's the right word because no, I, 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 I understand yeah. what you're yeah. saying there and actually it does feel like that mm. um because I'm just me now. Yeah. Like, and as I say, there's not blame on anybody else. But no, I, that's sure. something that I had to own, and, and that's I had to fully understand who I was uh, mm. because I didn't, and now, and now I do. And I, I think be, being single and um, being a single parent, and uh, it's just necessitated me having mm. to, you know, to do that. Sure, absolutely. And I think there's a lot of talk these days, isn't there, about us being ourselves, showing up as who we really are. Um, obviously because of social media and fake book as I call it yes. um, you know it's you know even for me uh, doing you know, I'm a little bit going through that journey myself and I can definitely resonate with so much that you're talking about my father's very unwell he's coming to the end of his life he's got cancer and that's having a massive impact on us as a family I'm going through a divorce I have uh, uh, challenges with my children uh, and sadly my dog had to be put down oh, on Saturday I'm so that sorry. that's really but I I'm I'm saying that because I kind of understand the compound effect of all of these mm. things and how you have to be very careful to take care of yourself oh when all God. of those things are going on. Like for me, I've had this terrible cold and it won't go away. And I'm realising that actually I need to take better care of myself because I do have a lot going on. And I'm, a, I'm good, mm -hmm. don't get me wrong. Uh, I'm sad about, I'm terribly sad about my yeah. dog and my, and, you know, my dad. And But if I want to manage it and cope and um, help other people, continue to help other people, then I, I need to take care of myself. Yeah. Um, and it's us becoming self-aware, isn't it? And I think as business owners, a lot of business owners I talk to that struggle alone for a long, long yeah. time and get, either get depression mm -hmm. or get anxiety, they become fearful. Um, and a lot of people are fearful of reaching out and asking for help. Mm -hmm. Oh, gosh, yeah. Which is one of my messages, you know, when I do a talk is about, you know, trying to empower people to, to ask for help because it's actually a sign of strength rather than weakness. Mm. Um, do you know what? I, um, I have something to say about that because mm. I am someone I'm quite proud and so um, if I'm going through a hard time I isolate because yeah. I don't want to bother people and I don't yeah. even want to talk to people about it to be honest, mm. even though I know it would help me but when my dad died I absolutely did that I completely went into like isolation right. mode didn't speak to anybody didn't connect with them and when I realized that that so connection is the antidote to you know isolation depression yeah. things like that um, I set these little mini goals to connect with someone, like a friend or family member every day. Not to say I'm having a hard time, no. but just to connect with them. How are you doing today? Just to send them a message. Yeah. That really, really helped me. And from there, I was able to open up a bit. Yeah. Because they said, well, how are you? Yeah. And, I, and I'm, mm, I'm okay, I'm, you know, and then they, they want to help. Yeah, absolutely, they want to help. They'd hate it if they knew you were struggling so Friends much. Friends want to help, family, yeah. you know, they, they, you know, they, they do want to help. Um, even like people online, you know, when I've shared stuff after the things have happened. Yeah. People want to help. They're so absolutely. lovely. The people are good. You I know, think on the are. whole, and Jim Rohn says this, there's only nine bad people in the world. Everybody else is really nice. Yeah, people are um, good. I think people are, generally people are good. And I think... Um, Apart from the ghosters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's hundreds of those in the world as well, apparently. No, so they're, they're you know. okay. They're just, they're just like, you know, it's just a different way of communicating. But, you know, what I'm saying there is if you find it difficult to reach out for support, yeah. just connect. Yeah. That's only connect. And, yeah. And, and, and it really helps. Because it's human nature to crave connection, isn't it? We want yeah. connection. We want to be loved. We want to be liked. It's human nature. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and we do want that connection but when you're struggling like I've struggled last year I had some really dark times and I didn't want to talk to anyone it was even I, like my best friend who is the most amazing human being Linny she's not on social media or anything like that but if she ever hears this you know she's been my best friend for 27 years maybe longer there was times when I just couldn't reply to her mm -hmm. oh, even God, and, but she that. knows me so well that she would yeah. be like I know what you're doing yeah. and I you know, and she would call me and call me, but she just knew that I just couldn't talk, face talking to her because I would just 
too break much. down. It's yep. just too much. Yeah, I've done that. Yeah, and yeah, so it's very, very interesting you say that about connection. One of the things that I've found being coach, and obviously, you know, life throws shit at everybody. We all have challenges, we've all got a story. And, and in some of my hardest times, I think that's probably when I want to be more giving to others. Yep. And I probably could probably do some of my best work. Yeah. Oh, honestly, it's so true. Yeah. I think, so the other thing I was going to say, the lessons out of the, the difficult times have been turning it into something positive. So when I lost my dad, yeah. I went through the dark period, but then I wanted to do something. So I booked a wing walk oh, and because he was a pilot. Um, you see him up there on the picture there. Oh, he was cool. a guy pilot, so he, he was always in the skies. And so uh, my friend said, why don't you do a wing walk? So I booked that. I raised wow. 1,400 pounds for pancreatic cancer. Amazing. And it was a really, really positive thing to focus on to help other people. Yeah. And yes, it was an amazing experience as well. But I was, he was with me the whole time. Amazing. I felt really connected to him. And I think out of any adversity, you can create good, you can create something really positive, you can help other people with what you've learned, yeah. and doing that helps you get through the grieving process, yeah. it helps you to you know, really build and learn and evolve and grow. Yeah, and, absolutely. And so therefore these things can be very, very positive things, even though they don't feel like it. At no, the time. at the time they don't. And, you know, even with me, with all, you know, some, some people sometimes say I'm too positive and too optimistic. And, yeah, I get that too. But, you know, if you see me last year, you probably would have said that. And there's days when you just say, I can't do this anymore. I just, just can't do this anymore. But there is, I think, out of... I don't like the saying everything happens a reason, for a reason. Um, but I do think there's better things to come and this is happening for a reason. And, and uh, a good friend of mine says, everything that's happening to me at the moment is freeing me up to fly, to go mm. off and do all of the things that I want to do, which there are many, mm. you know, speaking and coaching around the world, more travel. And this is just getting rid of all the, the things that need to go and get left behind and freeing me up to be able yeah. to go and do what it is and taking, to fly. Yeah, taking so, you to your next level. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, right. What I want to do is just move on. How much time have we got? We've been on 40 minutes. Boy, we can talk. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you about who's inspired you um, throughout your, I guess, I think I might know what you're going to say to this, but anyway, throughout your life in terms of business, but also personally, uh, have there been any particular people, maybe like from a, not necessarily a paid mentor, but somebody that's mentored you and, and helped you and inspired you to do some of the things you've done and, and in business and personally? I'd say um, that so that the situations that mm. I faced did insp inspire me. Yeah. Um, but um, so one, one person that always kind of sticks out was my first proper boss. Uh, well, actually, I mean, it was after after leaving Virgin and coming to Brighton. Right. He, and I still know him, and he's, um, I, we've, we've worked together since, his name's Ollie Thompson. Okay. Um, and he's great, he's fantastic. But at the time I was 21, mm. uh, and he basically, he enabled me, he pushed me, he expected right. a different level from me. Okay. And at the time I found it quite, you know, terrifying, but yeah. I did it, I delivered it. And that's always stuck with me because he always kind of just be believed. He that believed that you could do it. Yeah, I could do it. Um, Richard Branson um, definitely was um, very inspiring because that first that first job I got, I actually saw what true leadership is right. um, and what a great leader is all about. Right. Um, you know, I remember you know he, he invited us all to his house. He stood up on a stage and gave this incredible speech, and I'll always remember it. Yeah. You know, um, and he said at the end, if your dreams don't scare you, they aren't big enough. Well, he says that in his book, doesn't he? I think that's in one of his books. I've read, yeah. I've read one of his books. So yeah. Brene Brown, when I was going through my transformative journey mm. and I saw her TED talk on vulnerability and I yeah. completely got absorbed in her and what she was doing and... Um, the people in her world, like Glennon Doyle Melton, if people don't know who she is, she, she runs a fantastic organisation that raises money for 
effort and aid that things are happening in the world. Okay. Um, and she's an author as well. And Elizabeth Gilbert um, is a huge like, inspiration to me, not just for the books that she's written, yeah. um, but for the type of person she is online. Okay. And I find her, she's, on, she's open, honest, vulnerable. She just says I don't know her. I don't, oh, I, so she wrote Eat, I know Pray, Love. Brown and, yeah. Eat, Pray, Love is her. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. You should follow her. She's, oh, yeah. no, she's I need amazing. To um, who else has been inspiring to me? Um, along the way um, people like Pete Cohen uh, so he um, he was my speaker coach uh, for okay. my first conference um, he's very inspiring in terms of what he's achieved and the story his wife um, didn't have long to live and they managed to turn it all around okay. and, um, so he's he's incredible and I've, I guess I've read loads of books of people like Gay Hendricks mm. uh, who wrote The Big Leap uh, yeah. And then the joy of genius. I, I've read the Big Leap like twenty times. Really, I've never read any book twenty times. <laughs> it's just something that it was the, the <clears throat> pinnacle book um, that enabled me to really mm. move forward and like understand what I was capable of. Yeah. Um, and uh, obviously things like Pink and Grow Rich. Yeah. Uh, those sorts of books. Read um, all of those. Yeah. But apart from like the paid mentors as well, as I mentioned, Katie Phillips has been like very significant. Jessica Lorimer is my sales coach. Okay. And she's really, really helped me. Is she local? Or? No, she's Southampton. Ah, uh, okay. But she's really helped me to understand yeah. you know, business online. Right. And I wouldn't, have I wouldn't have been able to have done the, some of the things I've done yeah. without her support and help. Um, so those are the main ones, I'd yeah. say. My, my mom inspires me every day with her warrior-like resilience. Yeah. Um, in just getting cracking the just, F on just and just getting like on with it <laughs> despite everything yeah. that she has to go through with her with the disease that she's got. Right. She just and that she's overcome it. <laughs> she just plows on and yeah. she's got the most positive attitude. Amazing. And I'm very inspired by that. And well, and I'm inspired by my dad as well, who was incredibly creative. He was an inventor and um, I dedicated my second conference to him because it was all about ideas. Uh -huh. um, so yeah, loads of people. Yeah. But um, I think it's important, you know, I like to ask people that question because I think it's like while the podcast is called It Starts With You, it doesn't mean you do it alone. No, definitely not. Um, and I don't want that to get misconstrued with no. people. Yeah, we're the ones that have to make decision. We always have a choice and we get to pull the trigger. Um, and you've, you've got to be that, that starting point, but we don't do it alone. Um, there are always mentors around us, whether they're paid or not. Um, no, I don't believe any successful person has made it, ever made it alone. There will, you know, they'll either have paid, like, you know, I don't know who Richard Branson's coach or mentor is, but I'm pretty sure he's had some paid coaches and mentors. Oprah Winfrey has, I know. You know, Gary Vaynerchuk does. They, all the greats do and have Warren Buffett, you know. So I kind of like to ask that just to mm, kind of bring great. that across that, we all need people, other people for different things. Like you've got a sales coach, you've had some therapy, you know, like for me, I've had to speak coach, you know, I have a mentor, I have, you know, I've had therapy many times and, you, and it's about getting that help. But yes, we can still take that responsibility. Yeah, totally agree. You know, one of the things I help people with is, um, is, is obviously storytelling and, mm. and, and putting talks together. And one of the famous, most famous talk structures is the hero's journey, yeah. which is the journey that you've been on to, to get you here. And, and, you know, in folklore, it's called the hero's journey, but I call it the journey of heroes right. because it's the people that you've met on the way. It's yeah. the mentors, it's the allies, it's your nemesis. It's, <laughs> it's all of those, those, those external influences that have shaped you, yeah. external situations and things that have happened to you that have enabled you to become the hero of yeah. your journey. Yeah, absolutely. That's really good. Um, one, one thing before I kind of wrap up, I just because obviously your talk was around confidence and not necessarily losing it, it was, still, it was always there, but confidence is something that comes up a lot mm. for me um, with clients as well. Um, and, and I feel like it's an area of um, expertise for you. So, you know, what would you, what could you share with perhaps for the listeners, maybe if they're suffering with a low confidence or lack of confidence, what are some things that they maybe share sort of two or three things that you, you know, tips that you could sort of give somebody to kind of try and recultivate their mm. confidence? Sure. So first of all, I'd highly recommend watching my tips because <laughs> yeah. that goes through the stages I went to, to realise that it was always inside me. Okay. But a few things, I think the, the, re the most important thing 
is to turn your, your gaze inwards right. and to really get a handle on who you are and what your preferences are, what your likes are, mm. what your values are. When I reconnected with myself and the first thing I did was find out what my values were, then all of a sudden I had this internal decision-making system. So I knew what was right, what was wrong, what felt good, what didn't, what was I available for, what I wasn't. Yeah. And I think that automatically gives you confidence because yeah. you know start to know who you are really. You don't, you're not anchoring yourself outside because you don't have a sort of sense of who you are. So that's mm. the first thing. Um, getting really clear on your value and what value you bring to the world. Yeah. A lot of people find that difficult, but um, you know, some of the exercises I've done with people is writing out your life and work CV like in a pictorial like um, line. Okay. So like the timeline of things yeah. that happened in life and draw pictures around them. Okay. So you can actually put this sort of life CV together and see that, oh my God, I've experienced a lot. Yeah. Not just in things that have happened to me and what I've learned from that and how I can help people, but also my work experience because there will be a shed load of stuff that you have forgotten about, mm. that other people, we, you know, other people need this stuff. Mm. They do. They, not, not everybody knows what you know. Exactly. Um, and that was a really good exercise for me for kind of just getting really clear and owning yeah. my value. And then the third thing is the whole rewiring of the beliefs. Right. So get really honest with yourself about the beliefs that you have. Um, you know, I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, uh, one, of, one of mine was, you know, I, I've, I've, I don't have any skills or expertise mm. anymore. I've lost it. And then challenge them. You know, shine a light on them. What's holding them up? What evidence do you have mm. that those are actually true? Okay. And then you can rewire them by creating a new belief. Yeah. around them um so mine was i have everything inside me to be mighty and successful i knew i got that from somewhere i've got that on my phone it was you that said it yeah. so uh, <laughs> i think my god i don't know where i got that from i must have got it from somewhere yeah no that's have, great though it's i have a, everything within me to be mighty and successful and it is like treading new paths in a meadow yeah you've got to rewire those beliefs um also doing things that scare you pushing your comfort zones yeah. Staying safe actually exacerbates the problem, yeah. exacerbates your low confidence. Doing something and seeing a win from it is a huge confidence boost. It mm. can be the smallest thing. It can be the tiniest step. But you imagine your comfort zone like an like a rubber band around you. You yeah. just want to be increasing it. Yeah, absolutely. Stretching it. Yeah. I mean, I've been there and stepped away and not done things because I got asked to speak at a conference and... Um, I said yes, but then I backed out and literally I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Oh, that's good. Makes me reassured. I've done that too. Yeah. I um, thought I can't. I wouldn't do it. now. Now I'm like, no, I've yeah. got to, I'm going to take it on. But you know. But the more wins you get, the more you you, you stretch. You've yeah. Got the evidence and the belief. Yeah. That, you know, I never even dreamed, like three years ago, that I'd be putting on a conference, that I'd be doing the other things. That I, no way. <laughs> In a million years. But yet. Here you are. A different, almost like a different person. And if I can do it, anybody can do it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So what's next for Helen Packham then? What's what's oh. what what's happening in the near future? And what's the is there a bigger vision, a bigger plan? Yeah. I know there are. Maybe can't so, talk about some of it. But. Yeah, I can't. There are some exciting. <laughs> I know, but in the can you share? What I can share is that I'm changing my annual conference to an event in October that's going to be much more focused around people becoming sought after speakers and like real practical skills, like a two day workshop. Great. So that's coming up. And that will be in Brighton? Yes. Yeah, brilliant. At the Harbour Hotel, fingers crossed, hopefully. Okay. Um, and I'm running these speaker boot camps. The first one I've, I've started on Monday is going really well. Um, online and face to face. I'm going to be collaborating with Lisa Moore to do a face-to-face -face speaker boot camp in Brighton. Brilliant. When will that be happening? We're just getting the date for that, probably April time. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it's just really giving you practical skills to put a talk together, to deliver it with impact, yeah. get our feedback, um, that type of thing. Um, and I'm continuing to do my land and deliver course. So that's how to actually land a TEDx. Yeah. Um, that will be running in a live version in June. And then just, you know, generally speaking, I'm continuing to kind of build on things I'm already doing. I'm writing a book. Oh, okay. Yeah, that needs to just get done. <laughs> Are you one of these people? Because <clears throat> I want to write a book, and they say that everyone's got a book inside them, don't they? Um, and I think I think my book would be all right to read, I think. But oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know a bit of my story. So I think, um, but I'm not one of those people. Somebody says, right, you've got to just write for half an hour. I've got a friend who's a writer. Write for half an hour a day. 
and I said, I don't know what to write. She said, write what's in your head. And I'm like, I can't do that. Yeah. I'm one of these people that has to do it intensively. So okay. I'm like, put me in the south of France, yeah. Santorini or oh, somewhere yeah. for two weeks and then I'll be able to do it. Sounds good to me. But not post-it notes on the wall and come back to it every That's day for half an hour. That's why I haven't been able to complete it because of the way my life is and the fact that, you know, I have a child that doesn't sleep and right. I do all the pickups and drop-offs and all of that sort of thing. I do get very limited time yeah. to work. Um, and so it has it has gone to the bottom of the pile, but I, I really want to get that. I really want to get yeah. it out. Is that going to be a, a business book? Yeah, it's going to be focused around storytelling. Okay, cool. Yeah. So hopefully, when you hope, when's the deadline? I don't know. <laughs> what, when, how? I need to do that. <laughs> right. There's no date <laughs> on it. The end of the year. It's not happening. She's got no date on it. <laughs> By the end of the year. By the end, end of the year. Thirty first of the twelfth, twenty twenty. Put a date on it. <laughs> That's brilliant. Okay, one one last thing. I like to do a little cheeky uh, round, and I've I've come up with a little cheeky fours round. It's called okay. Hugh the Number Four. Okay. Um, so it's a little bit of fun if you're cool with that. Yeah, of course. Okay, so what four things can't you live without? Oh, I got to be brutally honest as well. You can't. Mas mascara. Right. Okay. It's concealer. A good one. <laughs> concealer. <laughs> okay. Sourdough toast and peanut butter. Yes, I can vouch for that. <laughs> and music. Ah, yeah, you have got good taste in music, by the way. I love What's my that music. song, Caram Caribou? Caribou. Love Caribou. Love, and I played it to my 14 year old niece, and she was a bit like, and she's a bit stormsy oh, and yeah, her yeah. kind of music taste, but she was like, yeah. no, no, that's actually I used to be right. a DJ, so. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yes, we didn't even Powerful get into DJ. that. We didn't even get into that. Um, what four goals do you want to achieve by the end of this year? Mm. Write a book. Write a book, yeah. Um, deliver my um, new event. Yeah. You can't talk about. <laughs> Take my kids on an amazing holiday. Brilliant. And continue to um, ensure that I'm as healthy as I can be in my family too. Cool. Okay. Next four is if you could only watch four movies for the rest of your life, which ones would you oh pick? Oh my God. Ah! Mm. Movies to The Holiday. <laughs> okay, classic. <laughs> it's just a really, really good one. Yeah. Oh God, this is this is tricky. I um, love this question. Oh when I goodness. saw it, I thought that's a great question. You might have to edit out some silence. <laughs> no, because I'll just keep talking and oh, encouraging gosh. you. Are you a big you big movie fan? I was. I guess yeah. I'm not so much anymore. This is supposed to be like a quick fire round, Helen. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay, we'll move I'll on then. Think, I'll have a think. You have a think about that one. Who are your four Instagram accounts you enjoy following the most? Ah, uh, the Wicked Jade. Wicked Jade. She is a badass uh, lady who loves wearing really cool BDSM underwear under normal clothes. Right, okay. She's a 45 year old lawyer. Brilliant, um, I'm going to have to look that up. <laughs> uh, Elizabeth Gilbert, hands down. Yeah, I'm definitely looking up Elizabeth Gilbert. Um, who else do I really like? Sam um, Adams Coach, she's pretty good. I she's heard. cool. <laughs> and her podcast. <laughs> Lucy Sheridan is really good at okay. confidence and comparison. Yeah. Um, Fern Cotton, I really like. Oh, do you like that stuff? Well. Okay, yeah, yeah, cool. I've listened to a few of the podcasts, so I quite quite enjoy those. Okay, uh, four things. What four things have you never experienced? I don't know. That's a bit of a random one, that, isn't it? <laughs> Keep it clean. <laughs> Keep it clean. I was going to say it's a family show. It's not because I'm always freaking There's places I haven't been. There's like things I haven't experienced in other countries that I really, really want to. Yeah. Like Japan and, you know. I've been to Japan. Are you? In uh, July. Amazing. For the Olympics. <gasps> wow. Um, so experiencing things in different countries, like more travel. Yeah. Like, I haven't done, like, there's, there's quite a lot of things I haven't done there. So mostly based around travel. Yeah, you know, I'd say those sorts of things. Um, you know, there's... Things I haven't experienced. I guess like the new levels of my business, things yeah. that I haven't done yet that I that I wouldn't even dream of doing that I know that I probably will if I just keep like my mindset. Yeah, oh, you will. I know that you will. Um, and last one, what are four things you love to eat? Sourdough and peanut butter, I know. Yeah. I love or drink, them. I think we should put in that. Eat or drink, it doesn't say okay. that. But. Do you love a good gin and tonic? Do you? Love a good Any gin and tonic. Any particular brand? Um, there is a really nice one called uh, by HMS Spirits. It's Mary Rose Gin. I met a chap. Right. Uh, went on one of the day with a chap. <laughs> one of your rosemary. Uh, it's got rosemary in it. So oh. it's and he Isn't does that it. What you all put on beef rosemary? It's really lovely. Right. It's, okay. That's, that's I'm not a gin fan, so very specialist type of gin. Okay. So that that's really nice. Maybe I'll contact them and see if they'll sponsor this episode of the podcast. <laughs> no, probably wouldn't. Not, no, probably not. <laughs> I don't but, yeah, speak it's worth a try. <laughs> Um, what else do I, I really love steak, a good steak yeah. with some triple cooked chips Oh, some absolutely. sauce. 
Chip, triple cooked chips, can't get my words out, are the business. Oh, I love a, love a steak. Yeah. Um, I really love um, Italian food, like really authentically yeah. cooked Italian food. My uncle's Italian. And, oh, yeah, okay. So got some sort of influence there, but you yeah. know, the, the proper Italian cooking, I really, really love. Yeah, yeah. Um, and mm, Sri Lankan food as well, I really oh, enjoy. Have you been to Sri Lanka? I haven't, it's on the list. Ah, that'll be one of the four places you haven't experienced. There we go. <laughs> Get that on the list. But there's a really nice restaurant called Moonstone, I think, in Hove. Okay, and they do. That's really nice. Thai is one of my favourites, mm. but no, I'll have to give that a try. Well, that's but I enjoyed that round. I really like that round. Um, thank you for that. <laughs> that's all right. So, now I've put you through all of that, where can and how can people connect with you um, if they want to find out more about your services, what you do, how do people get in touch with Helen Packham? Yep, so uh, you can email me, hello at helenpackham.com. You can look at my website, helenpackham.com. I'm on Instagram. It's just the same handle, yeah. Helen Packham. Um, I've got a group on Facebook, the free community for speakers. It's called Sought After Speakers. You can just put the... Um, the search and now I've got loads of things coming up in that group for yeah. people who want to it's a good to group by the way guys I develop know. their speaking <laughs> skills um, and those are the main that's the main thing well say. it's been a real pleasure I really appreciate your time thank you for for doing this podcast we've managed to talk for an hour yay yay thank you so much thank it's you. been a real pleasure thanks for coming on cheers You've been listening to It Starts With You. My name is Sam Adams. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you'd like to find out more about me, then you can visit my website, sam-adams.com, where you can find information about my coaching and my speaking. If you're interested in finding out more about the podcast and future guests, then please visit our Facebook page, It Starts With You, and also our Instagram page, It Starts With You podcast. Thanks very much and have a great day.